Today's episode of Speak LA, the podcast, is sponsored by Actors Pro Expo. Before we begin, one of the things we most often hear from our listeners is how hard it is to find an agent. If this is something that you are struggling with, go to ispeakla.com and download our free agent guide now. There's no shame in not having an agent, but we really want to help you get one. So go to ispeakla.com and grab the free agent guide now. Hi, Cam. Hey, Jen. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> it's good to talk to you. It's good to talk to you, too. Good to see you. Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited. I love when we um, get to talk to reps. And um, Greg Beckers at Apollo Management, manager, uh, is uh, I've really been looking forward to. Me too. Me yeah. too. I think it's always nice to sort of hear w- what makes a manager great. <laughs> right. Right. And, and and he's one of those people that really, when you talk about a great manager, like Greg is one of those people and it's going to be great for, for us to talk to him today. Totally. I also feel like when I was, you know, first starting out, when I first came to LA, the whole thing with managers and agents, as you mentioned at the top of the show, was such a, was such an enigma. And so getting to you know, getting to hear from managers and agents uh, firsthand is is um, really exciting. Yeah, especially when yeah. they're kind and nice. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you're people too. Yay. <laughs> um, hey, while we wait for Greg, tell me, I want to hear something about you. Let's, um, let's, let's stay on topic, LA topic. Tell me something you love about Los Angeles. Okay. You know mm. something that I love that never gets old for me? What? The palm trees. The um, palm, mm-hmm. I just, I, I was going for a walk yesterday and mm-hmm. I was walking down, I discovered this one street in my neighborhood and all the palm trees are these skinny little palm trees, mm-hmm. you know, that, that mm-hmm. they're so tall and they're just slightly crooked and the sun is setting behind them. And I just feel like that is LA right there. You know, I so agree with you. They are they are so representative of LA. And whenever you see the picture of you know palm trees, you always know. But did you know that they are, they are not native to LA? Like, did you I know that they were know. actually brought? Yeah, yeah. Palm trees are not native to Los Angeles. At least that's what I've been told. I maybe somebody will tell me I'm wrong, but I'm <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> where are they from? Are not. Um, where are they from? I don't know. <laughs> Florida seems like a <laughs> far away place to have to ship them from. I mean, I think they're native now because you know I think now they um, they continue to uh, drop seeds and grow. But if, if that's how it works. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> kind of like eucalyptus trees. They are not native either. And then exactly. they, they grow so fast. Yeah. I, I think we're imparting a lot of knowledge today to our listeners. <laughs> You're gonna learn about managers. And then after you listen to this podcast, go Google <laughs> how did palm trees come to LA? Exactly. <laughs> how old were you when you moved to LA? Uh, twenty-eight. Did you know anyone here? I knew no one here. It was me and my brother. Where did you live when you first got here? I lived in an Airbnb in West Hollywood. I still remember the street, Laurel. Laurel. 
What was your first job in LA, entertainment or otherwise? Oh God, it was an internship in an advertising firm that I absolutely hated my life. (laughs) (laughs) How many years did it take you to feel like LA was home? That's a good question. It, it It took long, it took three, four years. I would say that's the average answer from guests. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it took a while. Yeah, everybody says like three, four, five years. Um, And if you had to sum LA up in one word, what would that word be? Surreal. Surreal. That's great. That's the first time we've heard that. I like like that word. Yeah, Yeah, me too. Perfect. Surreal. Surreal. Thank Welcome. you. Glad to be here. <laughs> yeah. We're so happy to have you today. We we love we love getting a manager's perspective on things. It's it's yeah, really important for, for actors. Well, thank, thank you for being here. I mean, I'd love to just start with kind of the first basic question: is what made you decide to become a manager? Uh, well, that's a, that's interesting. I the way I started it was not the traditional route that people take. Most people, I think, when they start, they go through being an assistant for two, three years. That's kind of the rite of passage. Or they work in some avenue of the industry. I didn't do any of that, to be honest. Um, I was doing something completely different before. I was working in the car logistics industry, which is as far away as you can be from entertainment in a way. Um, but my brother, he was an actor when we moved out here. He start, he's still an actor, obviously. He's still my client. Uh, but he had representation at the time. And I remember seeing kind of how that was going and what kind of work they were doing. And it just didn't seem like they were doing a good job, if I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, and me being me, I, I was just like, oh, I can do a better job than that. You know, so why don't I just start this company and I'll just start like that. You know, and obviously it was way harder than I expected, just like anything. <laughs> you know, it all seemed easy in theory. But then once you started, it was it was tough. It took saw two years before it really felt like it started going, going, you know, and, and it went from my one client, which was my brother, to now we have 52 clients and we have a series regular, guest star. So it's, but it took a while to build. I will say that it's the one industry that I've been in that you just don't have that much control over things. It's like being an actor. You just don't know, like it can go fast, but it can take a while to go fast. You just don't know. It's very uncertain. That's so interesting. What what were things that surprised you about how hard it was to set up? And what were things that, that um, came easily to you in terms of your feelings of, I can do that. I'm going to do that for my brother. I would say the actual job description and stuff, like being talking to the clients, managing the clients, helping with the headshots, the reels, their career direction, playing part-time therapist, like mm-hmm. all of that, all of that came pretty easily, to be honest. Like that was mm-hmm. pretty easy. And even the submissions and the pitches, that's pretty easy. That's just sales. And I've always mm-hmm. done that anyway. Um, but the hard part was just getting into all these things, like mm. getting into the breakdowns. You need like recommendations and which when you don't know anyone is like a catch 22. Mm-hmm. So that was already a hard start. And then just like how to get more actors, mm-hmm. how, like how do you go about that? There's no like, it's not like other industries where it's like you pick up the phone, you cold call people, and then you make a sale and you're on your way. No, here it's like there's not a direct way to just get the actors that you want. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you can cold call every actor you see on IMDb and just be like, oh, that's who I want. Hello. You know, like you can't mm-hmm. do that. I mean, I guess you could be, but it'd be a little strange. You know? You, you played professional tennis, is that right? 
Yeah, I did. Yeah, I always think, first of all, I have such admiration for that. And I always think, because I I was a ballet dancer and people who do things like that, that are, you know, take a lot of athletic training. um, I, I think sometimes we might come to it and people that do other things even, you know, that go to school for something and get an education for something. You come into this business and like for tennis, for instance, you know, the little that I know about it, I'm sure it's a very straightforward, like, I mean, obviously you have to have natural skill too. And I'm sure you have tons of that, but it's like, you play this many hours a day, you take from this coach, you know, you drill this way and you're going to, whereas in this business, like you said, there's kind of no linear, path for anybody there's because there's so much mystery surrounding this industry you know like even if you think about managers and agents they not a lot of them are very transparent or open about their whole process or what's going on behind the scenes or how many submissions there are or how much they're submitting you like it's all very mysterious for some reason and tennis like you said isn't like that at all just like i'm sure ballet is not like that either and i have a lot of respect i know a lot of people in ballet actually i know how hard that is (laughs) um but like it's very like you put in your three four hours of training per day you see yourself improving you know what tournaments to sign up for you win or you lose and you know how far you're getting and it's very like you see exactly what's going on and you get instant feedback if you're doing good or not winning or losing is pretty much instant feedback you know Mm. like you don't have that in business in general but especially in an entertainment industry because sometimes you just don't know what's helping and what's not, you know? Like, it, same with an actor. You could be getting all these auditions, and if you have 50 auditions but you're not booking anything, then it's just like, oh, are you progressing? You don't know, you know? And then all of a sudden yeah. you book a series reg, and you're just like, oh, damn, you just took one huge jump. You know? You know so it's like that. I, I, I think what's also interesting, there's a couple of things that you said, but one of them is it can also feel like that, I think, for the actor where – they have the training and the know-how and they're ready to go. And yet they have to now make this leap into this industry that is completely nonlinear. There is no A, B, and C, which is at one, like one part is kind of exciting because you don't know, like you just said, like you don't know when that, that role is going to happen. It's like you're building, building, building. But the other thing that I think is interesting from listening to you is that I think a lot of actors forget that managers and agents are also pitching themselves. They are also building their client list. They are also doing the same hustle that we are doing. And yeah. we forget that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's very true. I think like the more I've talked to agents as well and, and other managers too, you just realize like how much work goes on behind the scenes, you know? And I know like actors work a lot too, you know, like going to classes, all these auditions take so much time. I know like it can take two, three hours just for one audition. And that's like pretty normal, if not more, you know, and it's a lot of time you're putting in to like go in and then the casting director just be like, nah, you know, and it's the same on the manager and act on the agent and manager side, like the amount of pitches and submissions that you're doing is to get like that. Just one audition coming in is a lot. Like the ratio is like, is crazy. Greg, you said something to us when we first um, talked to you that I really loved, which was you said good management is more than just a good audition or good audi- getting good auditions. I- I'd yeah. love if you just elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's difference in roles. You know what I mean? I think agents and managers are differences. I know those lines are getting kind of blurred nowadays, and I don't think everyone also understands the difference. Plus. 
there's managers that work like agents and there's agents that work a little bit more like managers. But the way I see it and the way we work is a manager normally is way more about personal attention and having a smaller roster as well. So we have, for example, 20 to 25 actors per manager, which mm. is which is much smaller than agent. An agent, it's pretty normal to have 100 clients. You know, that's very normal. So it's already much better in terms of personal attention. So then you get pitched more, at least on our side, you get pitched more because you only have 25. You know, you have to pitch everyone or else like, what's the point of having you on the roster? So that's one. And then the other thing is you're not only involved with that. Like I joked at like the therapist thing, but it, you honestly are like, it's, it's crazy how personal the relationships get. Like at this point, like five or six of my clients are honestly my best friends. Like they went to Europe with me, they're at my brother's wedding. So like it, they're, I'm really close with them. So it really turns into that type of relationship because you're helping with like everything, literally every career direction. If it's just a headshot, if it's the real, if it's like, hey, do we need new representation agent wise? Like, what are, are we happy there? Or do we need to talk to the agent because something's going on that we're not liking, you know, or that the actor is not liking. You're almost like the intermediary, like, or the defendant for them. So, like, it's the same if something happens on set, for example. Like, the manager should be the first person that they call. And, and that, that manager should stick up for them, basically, and talk to whatever's going on so that the actor really can just focus on their craft and their art, and that's it. So the manager kind of takes care of everything else. And then obviously you're normally also like very like the emotional support because you kind of need it. Honestly, in, in this type of industry that's so up and down. And I've heard so many stories of my own actors that like have had a serious reg and lost it and then almost didn't work for a year or, or they, like it's just so up and down. You don't know what's going to happen even when you're on top of the world. So it's like good to have a team behind you that like believes in you and that's going to be there for you regardless. And that's also kind of your pick me up sometimes like, hey, it's OK, like you're going to get it. The next one, just keep going. Just keep going. Don't worry too much about the end result. It's going to happen, you know, and just kind of keep the mindset positive. In a way, you also have to be their performance coach, you know, because mindset, and you guys know this, is like mindset's such a key. Like if you don't believe you're a series reg actor, then it's going to be very hard for you to convince anybody else that you're a series reg actor. Like it, it all starts with the mind first. I, I love everything you're saying because I feel like, well, first of all, I feel like anybody that's listening to this that is maybe new to the business or new to acting, everything you're saying in my estimation is what a good manager should do, but doesn't always, you know, a lot of managers don't do everything you're saying. And like you said, a lot of uh, managers kind of po or work more as agents where there's a little more of a feeling with the actor of, look, I'll call you when you get the audition and please don't bother me until that happens. But yeah. everything you're saying, I think, is is really what a good manager should do. So, you know, if actors are looking for somebody, I think you just gave a great definition of what a good manager is. And what I particularly like, because I have so many actor friends and have had so many conversations over the years um, with actors, where we all say, you know, I feel like I'm doing everything, but I, I must not be doing something because something's, you know, it's not happening. So what, what is that missing piece? And, and basically I feel like what you're saying is you're there to talk to them about what is that missing piece? You know, yeah, is it the agent? Is it the headshots? What is it? Yeah. And, and you need that person because like, like we said in the beginning, there's no clear cut path. It's not like follow step one, two, three, four, and you're there. Like if anyone knew the steps, then everyone would be with that person. 
you know, like, or, or, that, or that person would just be the top person in the world for entertainment. No right. one really knows. And the more I've even talked to, like, if you talk at top agents at like Buckwald, Gersh, and those type places, it's not like they know what, what to do either. You know what I mean? The more I talk to everyone, the more I'm just like, no one knows what the hell's going on. Like, so it's just like, you just try to like put in the steps that you can control. So like the, the headshots is a good example of what you just said. So when we talk about that, it's just like, okay, we can control that. So we need to figure out your branding, right? So we need to figure out what your types are. What are you seen as? And, that's, and that shouldn't just be a conversation between manager and actor. That's important. But you should get other people in the industry involved so you can see what you're seen as. Because at the end of the day, even your manager might be like, I see you as this. Or you can play this detective or whatever. And yeah, but there might be other opinions that would add other types that we didn't even think about. So it's like important to keep your mind open to all that. And then when you narrow it down, get those headshots lined up with your brand so that when you're submitting and pitching to these casting directors on our end, that they don't have to think and imagine like, oh yeah, I can see him as the alcoholic, whatever. You know what I mean? Like some kind of character type. And it's like, we want to almost spoon feed it to them as much as you can because they're looking through like 6,000 submissions, if not more for just one role. And it's like, they don't have time to like imagine what you would do if you were that character. Yeah, we, we always say that, you know, it's like you have to help somebody cast you. It's it's so important. Like that's part of your job is helping people see you. Um, it's it, As you're talking, it's reminding me of, of my first commercial agent, actually. And I wasn't going out for auditions for like the first three weeks. And she just said, you know, there's something wrong with your headshot. Send them to me. Let's go through them. She picked a new headshot. Bam, I started having auditions the next week. And I, I could have never never done that on my own. Um, I want to ask, I want to just touch on what you said in terms of, cause I thought it was really interesting. And a lot of our guests talk about confidence. So it's, it's become sort of the running thing of like my intrigue of what is confidence. But you said, you know, you're not going to get cast as a series regular. If you, if you don't see yourself or believe you're, you know, that you can be that series regular, yeah. how, how do you, cause, cause confidence is, is such a, a thing of flux if, if yeah. that makes sense you know there's there's yeah. days where you're like you know I'm I'm pretty awesome and then there's days where you just feel like really you know bottom not of the awesome. barrel not awesome yeah. so how, how do you how how do you talk to an actor to help them get to that place in their head I think that'd be really helpful for actors to hear so they could work on that themselves yeah and I think I think one important thing with that is as a manager or anyone, you're always just guiding and helping them. You know what I mean? You can't make someone confident. You no. cannot. You know right. what I mean? You can't be like, think mentally healthy. You know, you can't. <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. But it's interesting what you say because I find mental health so important anyway, regardless of the entertainment industry. But I think for actors, it should almost be a priority because it's almost part of your job because you're, you're, it's, you're selling yourself so much. And you're getting rejected so much and that can mess with your psyche and unless you're a sociopath it, there's no way it doesn't right. you know what i mean so it's like your mental health should be part of your job description so like when i talk to him i i talk about a lot of things to my actors in terms of things to read i give them a lot of books that i like to read that are like all psychology mental health and because honestly confidence is such an overused word to me it's just like a word that people use to like say, be confident. And it's like, okay, but how do you get there? Mm -hmm. you know, and what does that even mean? Like, and for a lot of people that's, they, they fake it. 
You know what I mean? They're just like, oh, they stick their chest out. And they <laughs> act a certain way and they think that's confidence. That's not confidence. Confidence, in my eyes, is being okay with who you are, whatever that looks like. It's being like authentically you and being okay with everything that you are. And honestly, like, this is going to sound like almost like a LAism, I guess. But I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like everyone should, like, if they can, and I know in America it's a little harder sometimes, but they should also have a therapist, in my opinion. Oh, you're not you're not the first guest to. I think it was Marita Delora that we somebody that we interviewed recently. Yeah. We said, "What Marina. do you? Yeah, what do you know now that you wish you had known then?" I think was our question, and I think she said, "Get in therapy as soon as you can." I mean, not not because you're some kind of sick person, and but just well, like for for all the reasons you're well, saying. That's, that's the biggest misconception, and it's changing slowly. But like it's everyone thinks that you got to be just a really messed up person psychologically to go into therapy. That's not true. A, everyone's a little bit messed up. That's yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's no way you weren't. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So, and like I've been in therapy myself for three years and it's the best thing that I ever did. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like honestly, I can say that everything that's happening now and even the, the way my company has been growing the last year and a half especially is directly because of therapy because it's made me more consistent in my work. It's made mm -hmm. me mentally healthier in my work. I'm, I'm now surrounded by friends that are mentally healthier that also are going the same direction. Instead, when you're in a mentally unhealthy place, you're attracting bad, that type of bad energy and those people into your life. And if everyone's rowing that way and you're trying to go that way, like you're not going to get there. You almost need, just like you need your manager agent to believe in you and point the same direction as you want to go. You also need to make sure that your friends, your support system, therapy, whatever it is, all that needs to be going the right way because otherwise it becomes very difficult, especially in this type of industry. So I would say mental health is to me the biggest thing. And it's like, yes, have a support system. But ideally, I would almost recommend everyone to get into therapy, to be completely honest. But get a good therapist. Interview people. Yeah. You know? yeah. And if you're a member of SAG, you can... If you're a member of SAG, you guys have great benefits. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 my girlfriend's on that, and her yeah. benefits are amazing, and sh and the therapist is like so cheap. And it's like at that point, there's no excuse not to have a therapist. Yeah, exactly. Great, <laughs> yeah. yeah. not to put you on the spot, but you mentioned books that you recommend to your clients. Do you have a favorite that that you would recommend here? Oh God, a favorite or um, a, a couple of favorites if you want, whatever. I, I, I have a lot of I have a wide range of things in psychology, so I'm just gonna list what I've been sure. reading lately, Please. and it's gonna, it's gonna be a weird mix of things. Um, but one of the books I read is uh, The Book of Joy. Um, that's by um, Dalai Lama and Archbishop uh, Desmond Tutu. That's an amazing book because it's, it's different than you, you're going to expect. You know what I mean? Because when I started, I thought it was going to be a little woohoo-y or whatever. It wasn't like <laughs> that at all. And there's actually some very practical things in There's very practical meditations in there too, which I'm a huge proponent of. Like if you can't do therapy, at least do, do meditation. There's nothing that will help calm your mind and just like have you analyze your own thoughts a little bit more than meditation. So that's amazing for that. Um, there's also The Body Keeps the Score, which is an amazing book. It, that goes really deep into, into psychology, into trauma, neuroscience, how that's all. How, how you, and for, especially for actors, that's huge because you guys need to be looser and not have tension in your body. I know there's Alexander technique and everything that talks exactly about that. So you need the body to be nice and loose and then emotions can come out easier too. So like the body keeps score talks about that in a more scientific way. So especially for those analytical people, it's a beautiful book to read because I'm one of those people that needs to know the science of why I'm doing it. I can't just take it at face value. 
So once you read that, you're just like, oh, wow, okay, I definitely need to start doing all these things. Mm. And, and it's funny, like, even if you're not someone like, I'm, I'm mentally healthy, just do it for your acting. Your acting alone will improve by doing that. Yeah, there's a, there's, a mis, there's a misnomer, I think, that, you know, actors, I don't know if it's really around as much now, but that actors have to have these, like, tragic experiences in order to be good. Yeah. And I really don't believe that. I mean, when you are when you are accessing joy, that is the most vulnerable place you can be in. It's like, it's like Brene Brown actually says this thing where she I said, I, yeah. I love her too. And she, yeah. she said my most vulnerable moment. And she's, she's like talking to a group of people. And she said to the parents in the room, she said, who here stands over a sleeping child and feels a moment of just utter joy. And then at the next moment, a sense of utter fear and like of the loss of this yeah. little being that you love so much. And, and I think that's true. If you, if we, are able to access all of these emotions, like this joyful emotion, that is that is the key to vulnerability right there. Well, I, I love what you said about that because I've had these discussions so much with actors and even my girlfriend and stuff because some artists sometimes, especially artists, feel like if I'm not messed up, then where is my, like, how am I gonna be, how am I gonna be creative in that way? Because from they think from the darkness is where all their things come from. And there can be truth to that. A lot of beautiful things can come from that. But just because you're more healthy does not mean you don't feel sadness anymore. It's not like, I think people think therapy sure. means happy all the time. It's actually the exact opposite of that to me. Like before therapy, I just was very even keeled and numb a lot. I probably cried more in the past year than I did in my entire life. But I'm mentally the healthiest I've ever been. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, it actually gives you a wider range of emotions so if anything, it's going to make your art better because now you, you can still access that darkness. Like if I want to go there, I can go there. It's not that hard to go there. So you can still access all those things. So your art won't be affected in that way. If anything, it'll grow stronger because you have such a wide array of emotions that'll be more available. That's great. I agree. I 100% yeah. agree. It's so true. Um. Will you talk a little about you 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 talked about you know the things that you do as a manager for your client, um, but I know a lot of times actors, especially newer actors, um, feel nervous about you know bothering their reps or um, checking in too much or how much should they check in. What what do you think is ideal? Um, like, do you talk to your clients every day? Does it vary? No, I, I wouldn't say I talk to them every day. That rarely happens. Um, I, I would say it's like any relationship, you know, and especially a manager relationship. It's, it's like that. You have to get to know the other person and see it's same with the actor. One actor might need to talk every week, I don't know, or every couple of days. Another actor doesn't really want to do that. They might only want to like catch up once a month. So mm -hmm. it's really getting to know the other person. So you need to get to know your rep and just honestly communicate. You, like it's it's always funny to me that they're so scared of reaching out. It's just like you can always ask. Like, hey, how much? Like, are you, are you okay with reaching out? How do you want me to reach out? Mainly email, mainly text, mainly phone call. Just ask in that way. But ideally, with a manager relationship too, it's pretty open communication because those fears that you're talking about are legitimate. Like I know those fears are there for a lot of actors. Because they're always like, oh, if I bother my rep too much, they're going to drop me type of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, honestly, like, unless you just do something very strange things, I don't, that can't really happen. You know, like, if anything, I, I prefer people to over communicate. 
You know what I mean? Like the only thing that reps don't like, and I don't like either, is when people reach out and they, they're like, "Hey, did you see this submission? Did you submit me for this? Or did you da da da?" Or it's like, "Yes, we're doing our job, basically." Like no one wants, no one, no one wants to feel like someone's breathing down their neck type of thing. But everything else, you should definitely communicate about. Like definitely keep them updated on the headshots or what you're thinking there, real stuff, new material. If you have a new product that came out, a new skill that you learned, maybe. Maybe start therapy. Like, I don't know. You know. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of things you should communicate. If it, but especially if you have a bigger management company or bigger agency where they have a hundred clients or something, you it's actually part of your job to stay on their radar. You know, if you're not booking and you're not going out a lot, then you should check in pretty regularly. Like I recommend my actors, even with their agents, to like check in at least once a month. You know, because they will forget about you otherwise. So what's the check in? If you don't have new headshots or a new reel or a new skill, like I, I think that a lot of times what actors want to check in with is how come there haven't been any auditions, you know, which I'm sure you guys, I'm sure yeah. managers and agents, you know, that's a hard question to answer. So what, what, what's the, I don't know. Do you have any recommendations for what? I, I think I think if, if 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 there's a real like worry about like hey like let's say you've been worrying together a year and you're barely going out then it's legitimate to have a conversation and maybe even meet up to see like what you guys can do together to make to actually improve and get more auditions you know that's legitimate now if you're doing that every month that's probably a little too much you know what I mean but there there are things that you can do instead of just updating on materials, you can also just check in with them. You know, one thing that someone did recently is they checked out my Instagram, I guess, and, and they're like, hey, I saw your post on this. I really loved what you wrote about that. And I was just like, oh, that's so nice. Like you're out like taking interest in me and asking mm. about me. And, and that's the biggest thing I've noticed sometimes with, when I take meetings. Sometimes, and, it's, and, and I know because they're trying to sell themselves and, it, and it's such a weird mindset shift to not to realize you don't have to sell yourself in that way it's actually always better just like in real sales to ask more about the other person mm. talk more about the other person and i always remember the people that ask me a lot of in-depth questions and even about my personal life because i'm always like oh this person's genuinely interested in getting to know who i am just like i'm genuinely interested in getting to know them if you just lead with that instead of like thinking what do i need to say about myself and just like maybe like, hey, how can I build more of a relationship, just like any relationship and lead with, hey, let me take an interest in them and find out what's important to them. And honestly, like you can, you can do that in so many ways. Like all my actors are on pretty much all on Instagram and they're all connected with me. So it's like for me, it's not that hard for them to see what I like to do with my life besides entertainment. Mm -hmm. you know, everyone hopefully has interests besides that. Hopefully. <laughs> is, is that what you're... In a, in a meeting that you have with an actor, a, a new actor, a potential client, do you, uh, what kind of things are you looking for that they're bringing to the table in that conversation? Is it kind of like what you said? Like, oh, there's a connection, there's a personal connection. Yeah. What, I, I mean, when you meet up, I think once you meet up with an actor, like you've already seen their material. I always tell them that in the meeting too. I've already seen your headshots. I've already seen your reel, your scene. So I'm already interested in you as an actor or we wouldn't be having this meeting. You know, so at this point, it's to see what type of person you are. So if anything, I want to hear more about what you're like personally. You know, what are your goals? What are you trying to do? How do you think? You know what I mean? Because that has to line up. Like if we're not on the same page at all there in terms of personality and like what you want in your life or even what career direction you want to go in, 
then you shouldn't work together. So like, that's why like an actor should also focus more when they meet up with their reps, like asking questions and how they see you, like, what do they see you going towards, you know? And like, what, how do they see that going? And what are the steps for that? Do they see it like, Hey, we're going to get you two, three guest stars. Then we're going to go for this. Like, what do they see you as in terms of what's the plan? I think those are valid questions. And weirdly, those questions don't get asked. I rarely get those questions. It's very strange to me. Well, I think actors are scared to ask those questions. And so I think it's nice to hear that those are questions that they can ask. Because I think a lot of times they don't know the questions they're supposed to ask. They don't know, you know, and and I think what you just said is like, if I'm meeting you, I'm already interested. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and we forget that, I think, you know, you're still like, oh, my gosh, you know, what's what's going on? And, And you're right, they should be asking questions like that. Because I'm sure it's exciting to know that an actor is excited about the progression of their career yeah exactly and look and also like and that's also why it's good to start in my opinion always start with a manager because normally hopefully your manager is helping you with those aspects too like i help my actors sometimes with in what how to write the email what to write for their email to certain people because they get very in their head about it you know what i mean yeah. and, and same when they take meeting with agents like we're like okay hey like how what should i talk about and then so i help them prepare and make it like hey you can ask them questions about this so all of that's like involved with helping them prepare, you know, because it's not, if you're not in business, like it's not something that you always think about. Yeah. You, you never think about it. <laughs> no, which is good. You should be focused on your art in my opinion. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm so glad you guys touched on that as we're running out of time here, because that first meeting is such a big thing for actors, you know, sort of how to, how to, um, how to have a really good, initial meeting with a manager to make sure that it's a fit on both sides. Because I think a lot of times actors go into it just thinking, you know, sort of like with an audition, I hope they like me and want to work with me. Um, But after one or two or three, not so great, perhaps fits with a manager or an agent, you start to learn as an actor, you want the right person and the right fit, you know, so that's, I think that's a Great. I, I love that. It's, it's like a relationship. It's better it's to like just, a relationship. Just, just know who you are, figure that out, know who you are, know what your needs are, and lead with all that. And yeah. if, they're, if they're not okay with the need, that's not the person for you. Just like in casting, if this is who you are and they don't like it, then so be it. Totally. You know? Greg, you've given us so many tangible, uh, really helpful things today, in addition to, um, or I should say, uh, including the book recommendations. Thank you. I'm going to put those on my list. Um, but I'd love to, and I'd love to end, um, even though I feel like we, we could talk to you for another hour about all this stuff. It's so helpful. But I'd love to end by asking you if you could share with us an LAism, which, yeah. um, as you know, is uh, something that you have found to be unique about Los Angeles. Well, I'm going I'm to say the one that I've been talking about is an LAism for me is that a lot of people do seem to have a therapist. <laughs> and I, and I, caught my, I caught myself being like, what? I, I was with a friend and we were like, yeah, I was just talking to my therapist and he said, this and, this. and then he said, yeah, my therapist said, and I was like, dude, we're like very LA right now. Very LA. <laughs> well, I don't think it's just having the therapist, right? It's like the open conversation. Yeah, about yeah, yeah. Like you could be in the supermarket and talking to, you know, somebody you met three seconds ago and start talking about your therapist and nobody would even blink. 
Yeah, and, and you say it in such a way, like, my therapist said that I shouldn't. Yeah. That's so true. The <laughs> amount of times I've done that. Well, you know what my therapist said to me the other day is. They're like, oh. it's, <laughs> like, it's like a leading part of conversation. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Oh, that's great. That's a perfect LAism. You're yeah. right. You're absolutely right. Um, thank you so much for being thank here with you. us today. Yeah. yeah, this is, uh, this is, I think, I think this is going to be very helpful to a lot of people. I really, yeah, thank it. you. Thank you so much for bringing me on. And uh, I hope, you know, your viewership uh, enjoys it. Thanks so much for listening to Speak LA, the podcast. We want to be able to bring you more episodes like this one, but we can only do that with your support. So please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to Speak LA, the podcast. For more information on Speak LA, go to ispeakla.com. This episode of Speak LA, the podcast, sponsored by Actors Pro Expo, the industry leader in events for actors. Join their upcoming virtual event for seminars, competitions, and opportunities to be seen by top casting directors. Get all that info at www.actorsproexpo.com. That's www.actorsproexpo.com. Our sound engineer is the very talented Dan Leonard of homevoiceoverstudio.com. My name is Jen Jostin. And I'm Camille thornton Olson, and we are the founders of Speak LA. Find us at ispeakla.com. See you next time.